Okay, here we are, Bible and Della Lifers. We are in chapter 12 of Matthew. Moving right along, Monday through Friday through the New Testament. If you miss a day, just keep going. That's done. Don't try to catch up. Just keep, just keep. Well, you can. I don't want to tell you what to do, but but don't <clears throat> don't feel bad. Just, just move on. We'll get where we're getting. Chapter 12, Matthew. At that time, at what time? Well, at the time where Jesus said, I will give you rest for your souls. And as his disciples are going out and uh, they're spreading the gospel, they're going all over the place. This thing is multiplying. It's turned into six or seven teams now. And uh, now they're back together. And at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. Sabbath was their day of rest. God told them to do that. And the Ten Commandments told the nation to do it. His disciples were hungry. And as they began to pluck heads of grain and eat. But the Pharisees, when they said, look what your disciples are doing. It's not lawful on the Sabbath. They're working. <clears throat> and Jesus said to them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? And those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and he ate the bread of presence, which was not lawful for him to eat. Um, and he did it for those who were with him and only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law on the Sabbath that the priests in the temple profaned the Sabbath as guiltless? Well, the priests are working in the temple on the Sabbath. Can't they do that? He said, I tell you, something greater than the temple is there. It's here. See, they saw the temple as representing the presence of God among them in their nation. And it reminded them of the presence of God and, and taught them about the presence of God. And Jesus said, something greater than the temple is here. I tell you, I tell you this. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Now, the Sabbath is an interesting thing. You find it in Exodus 20 and what we call the Ten Commandments. And then you find it in other places as well, but that's that's the place that it's the clearest. And the Sabbath was a, a day that they were supposed to keep holy unto the Lord. They were supposed to do no work on that day. Well, the Sabbath and the reason God gave, they were a nation of people. So these, this was their national law. But the principle stays the same. Uh, they, they were supposed to rest that day. You see, on, on tablet one, it tells us how to love God. On tablet two of the Ten Commandments, it tells us how to get along with people. And there's the hinge, which is the Sabbath. Keep the Sabbath holy. And I think that that's love God, um, love others, and love life. You, you're, so, you're supposed to be enjoying the life that God has given to you, plus you need rest. And, and Jesus, in another place, he tells the religious leaders that uh, the, the Sabbath was made for people, not people for the Sabbath. In other words, they turned it into a ritual and they turned it into a burden where it was supposed to be a blessing. And, and the concept of taking some time, taking a day, taking some rest is supposed to be a blessing to us. And God wants us to be blessed and God wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be emotionally healthy where we have some time for relationships to just to just let them flow without, you know, having to get things done, without having to get through our bullet points or our agenda or get through our calendar. Where we can just be together and, and spend some time and, and, and love one another where we can, you know, just lay lay on a, a, a chase lounge and, and look up at the sky and just enjoy the creation. That's good for us. But they had turned it into a burden. And they weren't letting people do anything, not even not even grilling. How are you doing grilling on, on the Sabbath? You should be, what should I be doing? Just just laying down or what? Uh, they, they didn't get it. 
So Jesus went out from there and he entered their synagogue. And there was a man there with a withered hand, which, you know, you might expect that you go to church, you go to synagogue, there's people that have, you know, deformities and illnesses and sicknesses. And they asked him, well, they didn't really ask him, they're trying to trap him. They said, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him? They, they knew that when Jesus came in, he was probably going to heal the guy with the withered hand. <laughs> and so they're preempting him. And he said to them, well, which one of you? Uh, let's do a question with you guys. Uh, which one of you, if you had a sheep and it falls into the pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? Isn't a person more valuable than a sheep? So if your sheep falls down the well on the Sabbath day, you're not going to wait until the next day to go get that sheep. You're going to get it right then. Well, why? Because it's valuable and there's life there and you're going to pull it up. Well, isn't a man more valuable than a, than a sheep? So it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. You can do good things on the Sabbath. You can cook for your friends. You can have your neighbors over. Have your neighbors over. That's a good thing. And then he said to the man, stretch forth your hand. And so the man stretched it out and it was restored, healthy like the other one. And the Pharisees went out and they conspired against him. How to destroy him. Why? Because he healed the man's hand on the Sabbath and they didn't like that. You see, rules and traditions and policies become more important than people. We're not exempt from it. So it's easy to look at the Pharisees and condemn them, but we're not. We're not exempt from it. <clears throat> Jesus, aware of this, he withdrew from there. He got out of there. Um, sometimes you need to remove yourself from toxic people in toxic situations. Sometimes you need to go into, you know, situations that are toxic because you've got the, the healing sob, you know, you've got Jesus. So it takes wisdom. Which one are you supposed to do? I don't know. Nobody can tell you. You, you can know, though. The Holy Spirit will lead you. The Holy Spirit will teach you. If you have the Spirit, if you don't have the Spirit, get, get born again. So you have the Spirit of God <laughs> helping you with your everyday life. So many follow him. In fact, his following is getting bigger and bigger. And he healed them all, and he ordered them not to make him known. So um, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, because uh, Matthew likes to show the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. He said, Behold my servant whom I've chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles, not just to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles, he will not quarrel or cry aloud. He's not going to be argumentative. So, so much of what Christians do is argumentative. Now, answering questions and getting into dialogues um, is totally legitimate and good and good and right. And so we should. But this whole arguing and crying aloud, and that's not Jesus. Nor will anyone hear his voice in the street. So he wasn't the guy with the bullhorn. A bruised reed he won't break. And a smoldering wick he won't quench. You see, if you're broken, he's not going to, you know, you're broken, you're weak, you know, you've got stuff that happened to you in your past, you know, you're, you're insecure, um, whatever. He's, he's not going to come and plow all over you. Uh, you know, my fire's just about going out. Well, he's not going to come and, hey, your fire's just about going out. You know, put that flame out. No. But he's going to bring justice to victory. And in his name, the Gentiles will hope. All of the nations are going to put their hope in Jesus. It says, Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute was brought to him, and he healed him. Double healing. And so the man spoke and he saw, and all the people were amazed. And they said, Can this be the son of David? Is this the Messiah? But when the Pharisees heard this, they didn't like it. 
They said it's only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this man casts out demons. He, he's doing it through the power of Satan. He's doing it through the power of the devil. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, which I always say, man, that's the scary thing. He knows your thoughts. He said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. And no city or house divided against itself can stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he's divided against himself. How will his kingdom stand? Abraham Lincoln said this as well. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they'll be your judges. But if it's by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. The rule and the reign of God is here. How can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds a strong man? You can't just go in somebody's house and start taking stuff. They're going to put up a fight. Well, you need to bind Satan. Uh, then indeed he may plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Wow. Therefore, I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, that will be forgiven. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the ages to come. Now, a lot of people are very bothered by this, um, <clears throat> you know, because uh, they, they wonder, have they committed it? Really, ultimately, you know, without going through all the gymnastics with it, uh, the ultimate blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is continually rejecting the work of the Spirit, trying to bring you to Christ. And if you keep talking against that, you keep speaking against that, you keep fighting against that, there's no forgiveness because you can't enter into the kingdom of God except through Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So you keep rejecting that, keep speaking against that, there's no forgiveness. Sorry. So we need to jump down to verse 46. While he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. Well, first of all, there's a doctrine called the perpetual virginity of Mary. It's the Catholic Church that came up with this, but it's not new. They didn't come up with it. I mean, I mean it is new. It's not, it's not old. They came up with it, you know, in, in relative recent history. And it says that Mary was always a virgin She throughout all of her life. Well, this flies in the face against that because Jesus had brothers. He had physical brothers. But he replied to the man who told him, who's my mother and who's my brothers? Now, if you were a mom, you'd be like, what, Jesus? What are you saying? You know who I am. Why are you saying who's my mother? He was stretched, stretched out his hand towards his disciples, probably in a circular form. You know, these guys here, these people here, you know, this gathered crowd, these guys and these girls here. Um, these are my disciples. He said, this is my mother. This is my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So Jesus came to establish the kingdom of God. He's a king. And as a king, there are residents and citizens of the kingdom. And I'm part of that kingdom. I hope that you're part of that kingdom. So we are citizens of the kingdom. Yes, he brought us into a new kingdom. But he also brought us into a new family where he gave us brothers and mothers and fathers and sisters. And I'm glad about this because I grew up with three sisters. I didn't have any brothers. I have a load of brothers. I love having brothers. I got a lot of brothers and I like the brothers. I like having the brothers. I'm in a new family. I was in Santiago, Chile some years ago. I was supposed to be preaching and I was sick. And uh, the house that I was in, the, the lady of the house, her name was Sonia. She was a mother to me. She made me soup. She got me pillows. <laughs> I'm a mom in Santiago, Chile. You know, all because I'm part of the new family. So uh, if you don't know Christ, uh, get born again. Receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Repent. Come to him. And uh, then you too will be welcomed into the family of God. And you have lots of brothers and mothers and sisters and fathers. I have fathers. I have guys that have been real mentors to me. And I love them and I'm thankful for them. 
So a Bible and Daily Life, find us wherever you find us, Spotify, YouTube, um, Calvary Chapel 316, um, where else? All over the place. Hey, bless you guys. Peace.